Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com slash give. Enjoy the message. Uh, well, how are you doing this evening? Good. It is uh, good to uh, be here, uh, be back. Obviously, I've been here the last few weekends and preaching this series through Easter Sunday. Uh, but I did have the opportunity. I was asked to uh, go speak at a conference in Detroit. And it was a great church renewal and a great time there, great leaders uh, get to work with them. But the most interesting thing that happened was the Uber ride from uh, the airport to the hotel. And so I don't know about you, uh, how many of you, who, who has taken an Uber? You take an Uber lift, yeah. How many of you, you haven't yet? You still pay for a cab? Okay, that's great. Uh, the, uh, well, Uber drivers are great because Uber drivers are people who uh, don't necessarily do this full time. Sometimes they do it part time uh, for extra money. And so it's always interesting to me uh, to find out who the people are who's my Uber driver. And so uh, the guy uh, picked me up and uh, talked to him. I asked him how his day was going. And I, I asked him, hey, do you do this full-time or part-time? Tell me a little bit about yourself. And he uh, said, hey, I'm, he described he came from Yemen and to the United States and uh, all of that. And I said, Yemen, I've never met anyone from Yemen. He said, you know, in, in Dearborn, Michigan, you are going to meet a lot of Yemenis. He said, all the Uber drivers, we are all over the place. And I said, well, I heard a lot about uh, Yemen, that uh, it's been a troubled area. And he described uh, that area. I said, well, you know, I I'm a Christian. He said he's Muslim. He said, you know, it used to be years ago, everyone got along. Uh, and now it's a failed state. It's uh, controlled by uh, ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all of that, and he was describing that, and he said, really, though, it's not as bad as it seems, even though he lived under that. He said, the hardest part is there's uh, not a lot of food, and he was uh, telling me a little bit about what it was like. So then we drive up to my uh, hotel, and he gets this frightened look in his face, and he said, so this is where you're staying? I said, yeah, this is where I'm staying, and he said, well, don't go walking at night around here. He said, you can, you can walk this way, but don't walk that way. Don't walk behind the hotel. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then he's driving up, and he keeps on telling me. He says, I love to go walking. I would never walk. Even with a friend, I would never go in that area. And he said, you're probably better off to just stay in your hotel. And I'm thinking to myself, you told me it wasn't that bad living under ISIS, yet you're afraid of this neighborhood. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is not going to be great. <laughs> and I'm also wondering, what kind of conference was I speaking at? Obviously not one that could pay for a good hotel. Uh, and, and as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about uh, sort of how we view uh, people who are different than us. And uh, the Bible talks a lot about that. Last week, uh, I, I did an introduction to this book of the Bible that's really we're looking at over the next four weeks. The series is called Antisocial, Finding uh, Connection and Community in a Disconnected World. 
uh, in this book of Ephesians, it talks so much about that. It talked about people who uh, came from different backgrounds, uh, whether it's uh, religious or ethnic or something like that. And uh, so I want to go on and uh, continue in our study today, uh, but it's one of those things that sometimes can be uncomfortable. Uh, you know, have you ever had one of those conversations? Have you ever had an uncomfortable conversation? Yes, yes, everyone, every married person has for sure. <laughs> Probably on your way to church, right? Uh, and uh, so, so we've all had these uncomfortable conversations. One of the things that... Uh, for when I talk to married couples who are having difficulty, uh, I always say that, that these uncomfortable conversations are really the road to progress. And so if we're willing to endure uncomfortable conversations, then there can be incredible progress. Well, in, in this part of Ephesians, it's talking about two to ethnic groups that aren't getting along. And around ethnicity and race, I think, are some of the most uncomfortable conversations. People have asked me, though, you know, there be some big issue going on in the news. Are you going to change your sermon? No, I don't like it. When there's like that political hotbed issue, I don't want to just be another chiming voice. But what I, I think it is important to look at these issues as the Bible addresses them and how we can be a difference in our society. I mean, when it, when it comes to especially issues of ethnicity and race, there's never been more talking and seemingly less progress than ever before. Uh, and so with all the time, energy, and money, and I have this, my own personal bias, is it's going to be like many things in the world. It's where Christ followers come in and make the difference. Just like it's been with some of the issues of... of uh, uh, poverty around the world and, and so many other issues where Christ followers say, you know, we're going to go the Jesus way and that's what makes the difference. And so what I want to do is I want to explore what the Bible says to this group of people and how it can impact you and me. Uh, it says, as a prisoner for the Lord then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient with one another in love. Make every effort to keep, and I want you to pay attention, to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. It's interesting what that scripture points to is that, that, that oneness that can only happen when God is at the center of it. Now, as we uh, consider uh, those things that, you know, really that call to be that, uh, what I want to consider, what are the things that can keep us from that, and uh, what, what keeps us when people are different uh, than us, and, and you know, this is easy, you know, I, I think Seattle area, this is one of those cities where in, in our, our country, by the way, I know for all the bad press our country gets, uh, if you think these issues are, ba they're, they're bad in almost every other country in the world is way worse, and uh, in Seattle area maybe less so, but what can keep us from that? 
We all, we all have that. I, I, I think one is fear, is when someone's different than us, uh, and it doesn't have to be a different race or ethnicity, there can be fear. I, I've shared, uh, I pastored all sorts of churches. Uh, one time I pastored in Kingman, Arizona. Uh, and if you've been to, I, I think I've asked you this before, how many of you have been to Kingman, Arizona? Okay, you've been there. People go to the bathroom there on their way to Las Vegas. That's basically what Kingman, why they exist. Uh, Kingman is also uh, probably the least diverse town you would ever uh, go to. And so I pastored there, uh, and I rem- my daughter Abby was born there. And I remember this so uh, incredibly clear. A friend of mine had uh, come to visit. By the way, any friend who visits you in Kingman is a friend indeed. Let me tell you that. If they will come to Kingman to hang out with you, they are a good friend. And uh, so I, my friend Kirk uh, came uh, to visit, and he's African-American. And, and, and literally, Kingman, I think, like had one black family in the whole town. And uh, I realized my daughter, up to that point, had never seen anyone who had had dark skin. He was really uh, dark, and I'm just like, so we're meeting at the restaurant, and I'm just praying don't be a racist baby. Don't be a racist baby, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, because I'm afraid she might be afraid or something like that. And, uh, and so my, my, Kirk, by the way, he, he's just, he's one of these people who has three kids. He's great with people and all of that. First thing, he grabs her and she hugs him. And then she like starts rubbing his face a little bit. <laughs> and and uh, it was one of those things that I was afraid when something is different, that that fear would cause a reaction. Uh, there, and then there's also just bias and generalizations. Uh, by, by the way, if you don't think you're biased, you're biased against something or someone. It can be a positive bias or a negative bias. Uh, it just, when someone dresses a certain way, we're, we're making an assumption and generalizations. And the reason we do that, there's actually a psychological reason. It's shorthand. And then that way we don't have to really get to know who the individual is. Uh, and so we'll, we'll have this, uh, but if we work hard, uh, we, then we, we can move beyond these uh, biases and generalizations. Because uh, those can lead to resentment. If someone's ever thought something about you because of where you live, because of the race you are, the ethnicity, the economic status, uh, there can be resentment. Now, if you're a Christ follower, here's, here's sort of the, the easy and the hard thing. Uh, resentment's off the table for you. That, that y- you, 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 because you were bought at a price. And so whenever I have resentment against someone, and usually it's probably not over a racial issue, uh, I know that I can't stay there. And then there's conflicted allegiances. Uh, this is where uh, we, we have a, a first priority uh, in our life. And I've had this. I've shared this story before. Uh, my dad, interesting, uh, for someone who was his age, he was 45 when I was born. And so I'm 29. I don't know how old that makes him. No, just kidding. The, uh, but he, uh, uh, he, he uh, for someone of his generation, uh, because from, from a Jewish family, sort of grew up in a, in a little town in Iowa, and so anyone, if they were, you know, Hispanic or Jewish or African-American, sort of like that, they all lived in one part of the town. 
Uh, and I think they literally was one Jewish, one black, and one Hispanic family in that little town in Mason City, Iowa. So he, he grew up for his generation probably the least biased person I've ever met of his age or stage in life. And so I had that, that opportunity when we moved to New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, he got uh, remarried, and New Orleans was a different city back in those days. Uh, and I remember bringing a friend home and my stepmother, who happened to be African-American, and uh, I didn't think it was a big deal because of the way I was raised, and she did not agree with me. And that created, I know you, you're afraid to laugh because I'm talking about race, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a joke still. So the, uh, but uh, it was just one of those things that uh, it was, it, you know, we, we have this, what is our first priority? Is it to God? Is it to humanity? Uh, I've talked to friends, and actually these aren't Anglo friends. These are friends of another ethnicity where one of their highest priorities for their kids is that they marry someone of that ethnicity. And I know for some of you I'm stepping on toes here. And that just means that that is a higher priority. Is that a higher priority than your kid marries someone who loves Jesus Christ? So that's conflicted allegiances. At least it lets you know where your allegiances are. Uh, and I, I've always thought the most important thing is uh, for my daughters is that I, they meet and marry a young man who loves Jesus and treats them well because otherwise I'll send him to meet Jesus. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> I don't care who he is, he's going to go meet the Lord if he, he does anything wrong. So uh, when it comes to uh, this, it's so important uh, to understand uh, how to get along better this side of heaven. And I, like I said, I really think as Christ followers, uh, uh, we can have a level of influence uh, that's incredible. So I want to do a couple things. I want to look at one verse in the book of Ephesians, and we're going to spend uh, the rest of our time uh, looking at that. And because we're talking about this and this talking about uh, ethnicity and race, I thought, well, you know, just for, uh, even though, you know, having the, the wise Jewish senior pastor you have, the, uh, that I would bring up some of the other pastors just so we can get some different perspective. Actually, some of them uh, that you maybe uh, haven't met before. And so if, if uh, they can uh, come up on stage and I'll introduce you to them as they come up. Let's read this verse out loud together first. Can we do that? Ready, set, read. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. It's interesting that's not put in, uh, in a suggestion format. It's put in the imperative. It's saying be humble and gentle, bearing with one another in love. And uh, so what I want to do is uh, we're going to, you may not know who uh, everyone is. Uh, you know uh, Chris, who's our creative arts pastor and uh, who's uh, been an incredible part of our staff. Uh, David Choi, who's our missions and care pastor. And uh, the newest member of our team, who is, uh, has the title senior leader overseeing a, a staff and all of that kind of stuff, uh, Carlos Ortiz. Can we give these guys a hand? <laughs> uh, 
And uh, so it's good to have you guys here. It's yeah, good to be it's here. Good to be here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carlos, you are officially moving when? Uh, Easter weekend. Easter weekend. I'll be up here. Okay. Yeah, that's well, quick. Uh, if a big crowd shows up, it wasn't just because you came. <laughs> I won't think I so. Just, I don't want you to take credit for that. He's like, I've already made a big difference uh, in this, uh, in this uh, church. Yep. So, uh, well, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, uh, look, uh, look through this passage and talk about how we can uh, really lead the way. Um, as we uh, go through our outline. So I think one of the things we wanted to do is just kind of give a little insight to who our background is, because sometimes you can look at somebody and have an assumption, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And say, oh, well, that's the way they look, or that's how they dress, just like you were just talking about. And so for mine, it was uh, I, I grew up uh, in, in a family where uh, the, colors, the color spectrum was all over the place. So I had a black grandmother, I had white family members, but we all spoke Spanish. So we were all considered Latino. Um, and so I think because of that, it gave me a different uh, view of the world. Matter of fact, one time I came home and there was hate mail uh, for my parents because they, it was towards my mom uh, for a white woman marrying a black man. Um, and I got confused because I was like, Mom, you're white? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> and uh, because people made an assumption that she was white because she was like complected. And I, I really realized that, Ben, that one of these things on this side of heaven and how do we really build bonds with people is to understand and acknowledge the complexity. And, and I know we can, we, can, we can look at the television and we can see whatever news you look, like, look at. It doesn't really matter. It goes to bias, as you were talking about. And it's hard for us to acknowledge that somebody might be more complex because we want to figure everything out. And I had to learn early on that life is complex and this issue of the other is really complex uh, just within my own family. And, and I think that one of the things when Chris uh, started staff, uh, we were talking about uh, family background and we found out that in terms of in common, we had a lot in common, which wasn't necessarily all good news, was it? <laughs> yeah, no, but it was pretty cool, you know, as we've gotten to know each other, just finding out. I don't know if you all know, but uh, Pastor Ben has some street cred. He's actually kind of from the hood. like he's, <laughs> So I, I don't know if you guys knew that stuff, but, um, but yeah, we got to talking, and I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting to know about you. So it's, you just never know by looking at somebody. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm half white and half black, so I never had the luxury of being racist. Um, you know, uh, he, was, he was talking about the, the generalizations that people make about you. You know, if, that was, if we were defined by those stereotypes, you know, I would have bad credit and no rhythm. And so, I, you know, I try. I'm, gl- I'm glad that's not the thing. You know, I'm glad that's not what it really is. But, but so, so, like, one of the things, and, and the great thing, that just, by the way, that was super funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, the, uh, but when we were talking, it was like literally almost everything was the same. I said, hey, but I realized that I went through that background uh, and you went through it uh, being black and sort of that, which is sort of an interesting thing. So if you look at ethnicity, what the one drop rule, because I knew he was biracial, but people just assume. And, and so we just talked about, okay, uh, what what was uh, that like? And still, honestly, there, there were some differences, but there was just incredible similarities uh, as well. Yeah, yeah and I, you know, we're talking about differences too, and I, I feel like we will never be able to get past our differences um, unless we are humble. And I think that's so key in overcoming um, that big obstacle. Um, 
yes, we are incredibly different, but also at the same time, we're incredibly similar, you know? And I think part of our complexity is that we have so many different backgrounds, uh, whether it's cultural or just our upbringing, whatever it is, we have so many uh, differences. And if we are humble enough to really be able to listen to each other and converse in a way that's loving and that's uplifting, um, I think we can, make so, we can break through so many grounds uh, through, through all of that. And, and well, I think what we'll realize after that humility piece is that we'll realize that we actually have a lot more in common than the differences that we do have, right? And when I think about this, the whole diversity picture and all that, I, what I realize is that God created diversity, not division, right? Um, God, I mean, just look at all of us here, you know, God is a very creative God. Um, he, he put creative, uh, creativity in us. We're all di different in, in so many different ways. Um, but also, sometimes when we lose that humility piece, our diversity becomes division, right? And that's when you know, division isn't even about where you were born or what ethnicity or color of your skin, but it's basically the choices we make when we lose humility, right? Yeah, and, and, and honestly, a little bit back to that, I think it always leads to insecurity. Yeah. You look at it, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, two different groups in Asia that mm -hmm. are don't like it. If one group feels insecure, yeah. that there tends to be yeah. bias. Yeah. Uh, sure. uh, bias tends to... Increase. And really, it's in everyday life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we practice this, right? We pr it's not just in certain settings, but uh, today I was out in, in Sammamish and I'm, I'm talking to a lady named Lori. She's Japanese, and I know that because she told me, not because I assumed. And uh, she's telling me she's Japanese, and she asked what I do. I said, well, I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian pastor. And uh, she just kind of backed off and had this all of a sudden this weird body language. And she goes, well, I'm not religious. I'm just Buddhist. And uh, I think she expected me to be different than her because I was a Christian. Yeah. And I looked at her and I was like, you know, when I was in grad school, I had to, you know, I did an internship with the Buddhist community as part of our practice. And you should have seen her face. It was almost like, mm. oh, we have something in common as opposed to something we don't have in common. Mm. But so it's an everyday life as we meet people, we can mm -hmm. practice humility mm -hmm. and connecting with other people. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We, we didn't tell you that there, you know, we, that Texas and Seattle, there might be a few less Christians in <laughs> Seattle <laughs> than there was uh, in Texas and way worse barbecue. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I haven't moved yet. <laughs> so as we, as we look at this, I think w one of the things we want to do is uh, to decide how we're going to engage with other people. I mean, that's where it says. It says be uh, gentle and patient, uh, bearing with one another, uh, that, that we need to decide how are we going to do that engagement. Yeah, we're, we're never going to make any progress towards unity um, until we can be able to have honest conversations and ask honest questions without there being a bunch of quarrels and fights. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's hard for people to accept what they don't understand, and we can't understand each other until we can have real conversations without worrying about tearing each other's heads off. You know, I, I posted on Facebook the other day uh, just my opinion of what I thought the best burger in the Seattle area was, and I thought I was going to have to go into witness protection. Like, it was, <laughs> there's a lot of people in the world that need a hug. It's like, I'm serious. Um, but Pastor Ben was talking about the uh, first section of Ephesians 4, and it talks about maintaining the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And the NLT even talks about us binding ourselves together with peace. And um, when, when we stop looking at these conversations as a debate, 
and just start looking at it as uh, making progress toward mutual understanding for the betterment of society, then um, it makes a huge difference in, in how things go with, with relationships and in, in, in society. Um, and so I think that's, that's something that's super important. You know, I, when I'm in conflict resolution with someone, a lot of times I'll sit on the same side of the table with them just to say, you know, I know we don't agree on this, but I don't see you as an adversary. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of, it's a mindset that, that changes the tone of those conversations. Mm. No, I, I think that's really good. I think in the how-to, uh, you learn about some of your own biases like you keep mm-hmm. talking about. So as a kid, um, my parents worked really hard because they grew up really poor uh, for generations. Mm-hmm. And so my parents worked really hard, um, and I didn't have some of those issues. So I, I went to prep school. I went to a private uh, Christian college. I went to a private grad school. And so I didn't have some of those same issues that maybe a lot of my friends that we went to church with had, even though we might have looked the same, we spoke the same language, had the same culture. But I still had to learn how to respond. So when I gave my life to Christ in college, I had to ask myself, how am I going to build relationships with people? How, what is my motive, what is my motive going to be? What is my MO going to be when I'm connecting with people? And really what it came down to, Ben, was this. I am a sinner saved by grace. Mm-hmm. And I needed Christ, just like everybody else needed Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is the common bond. And that brings yeah. humility. Yeah. When I want to judge somebody else or hold something against somebody else, my how-to has to be, going back two chapters, Ephesians 2, going back and reminding myself who I am without Christ and that that person across the table, who they are without Christ. And I want them to know Christ just like I have met Christ. And that's my how-to in connecting with people. Yeah. 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 And I I thought that was just a really great point because, um, I I mean, that is the point, isn't it? I mean, when it comes down to it, it really boils down to um, our third key element is that uh, to make uh, make the person and the way of Jesus central, right? I mean, we, Jesus really has to be in the center of it all. And um, it's, it's that when, we, when Jesus is in the center, we experience what true love is. And um, a lot of times, you know, as we're kind of going through the series in the book of Ephesians, we're reminded of who we are, right? And we're reminded of what we were. Um, we were alienated. We were, we were ex- excluded. We were on the outside without Jesus, right? And so some of us here in this room that might not know Jesus, you might we might feel that exclusion from those that are on the inside. And for some of those that do know Jesus, it's so easy for us to forget that we were actually once on the outside. You know? We were alienated, right? And so when we have this sober mindset of what it means to be kind of in community together, we realize we are all in need of Jesus, right? We are all on the outside without Jesus. And so you know, I think one of the things that we, we learn is that it's Jesus that brings us near. It's Jesus that brings us closer to him, right? And so um, I, I really f- felt like uh, for us, as, as, as we're walking together in community, uh, what if we were to remember that? What if we were to be like the extension of Jesus uh, that would be reaching out to people and bringing those that are far into a community that's not afraid of bringing people near, right? I, I, I think that... Uh uh, it's sort of funny that when, we, when I brought this up with these guys, uh, I got some pushback about having this. They're, they're like, oh, isn't it? It's, 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 you know, and they're like, okay, you're gone crazy. I'm like, gone. That happened <laughs> a long time ago. And uh, uh, be, because the pushback was very interesting is uh, all of them said in some way is, isn't Jesus the most important thing? Mm. 
is so when we're talking about differences, they're not is that's not what's important. What's important is isn't Jesus first and foremost? I said I think that's why we need to talk about this because I think we forget that we forget that Jesus said you're for the Christ follower you are not your own. Isn't that that's a powerful mm. statement, isn't it? Mm. That li- and this is for some of you who are checking out Jesus. This is hard. Jesus is saying some decisions you do not have the authority ever to make again in your life. You are bought with a price. Mm. And that's when Jesus went to the cross. And so mm. as I, uh, like I said, I had the opportunity to be raised in a great family who probably uh, viewed these th- things differently than our society did decades ago. Uh, but I understand that no matter who that is, uh, that I have to, to view them. That. I mean, for me, it was one of the, so, so the, uh, g- coming from uh, at least not real non-religious and ethnically Jewish background, I remember one time I was in, my wife and I, uh, I took, we went to vacation in Vancouver, and we were coming back uh, from uh, the ferry, and then I didn't rent a car. I thought we would just take uh, a, the bus back which uh, is really not a good thing when you're celebrating an anniversary to take a bus. <laughs> uh, and it probably confirms some of the generalizations you have about my people. Anyway, so the, uh, uh, so the, uh, that's okay. Uh, but the, uh, but, but the, uh, it's sort of funny, but the, because the, uh, the, all, with all the conflict and stuff, and I'm saying, okay, God, there's no, no cab there. The cabs were charging like tons of money, and I didn't have the money. And uh, I said, God, will you help us out? And uh, this is before even really I'd made some progress in this one area uh, because being from a Jewish background, you know, you know the whole Middle East, they don't get along very well with Arab people. Have you figured that out? <laughs> and, uh, and God sent this Arab guy and uh, he was actually a Muslim driving an Audi and he came up and he asked uh, my wife he said uh, uh, do you need a ride and she's like well I'm here with my husband and uh, he said she said well let's go get him and he said uh, he, he, he drove us to the airport he was not a cab driver this is before Uber like for you young people this is before <laughs> Uber and uh, he said, I have no idea why I was there at the dock today. And uh, he, uh, he said, I had no idea. I just got this idea that I was supposed to be there. And, uh, and I'm, I told him, I said, you're here because God sent you here today mm. to answer my prayers wow. and to break some of my biases. Mm. And, uh, and so he took me uh, to the airport even took me for free, so that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Chris, you can read the scripture. Okay, so uh, we're in Ephesians 2. The Bible tells us, um, for he himself is our peace. Who has made the two groups one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility? His purpose was to create in himself one. Oh, now we got dialogues and stuff popping up here. 
windows. Um, his purpose was to create himself one uh, new humanity out of the two, thus making peace in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. And that's what God wants to do. And I think God wants to use the church of Jesus Christ. Not, uh, you know, the political stuff, you'd be politically involved wherever you want to. Uh, I'm just convinced that the real difference is going to be, honestly, you and what, you, what you've been doing. And as we say, the most important thing is that Jesus is Lord of my life. And so how I view every person, rich and poor, whatever their background, whatever their mm -hmm. ethnicity, whatever their ability or disability, uh, I need to view them the way that Jesus viewed me. Yeah, that he would die on a cross, he would literally give his life, uh, that they could be reconciled to God, and as, and as the Bible says, that we would be one humanity that would reflect that. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.